like we never left. We are back. The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. You can find us on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus. Oh. <clears throat> anywhere. You can't shake us. You cannot get rid of us. <laughs> Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, and General Nick with you for the next two hours. Yeah. I'm in shambles. Already. Yeah, listen, I'm you, in shambles. Scramble yeah. all over the place. Yeah. What was the last thing you said before we went on air? You, no coffee. I forgot my coffee. I think outside the studio. Um, I forgot my lineup upstairs. My phone doesn't work. Um, okay, so you, I, I'm producing you, a. You know, this is a not blind, blind. This is a Rogers building. Yeah, I'm producing a national. Your phone doesn't work. Television show. No phone. You can find somebody in this building that can fix your phone. I did. So I have a loaner phone, a uh, gold-fashioned loaner here that I'm waiting for. <laughs> you can see that it's loading. <laughs> uh, I'm loading my things onto this one because my old one doesn't work, and they didn't get the ticket started till 3.30. Love IT. They've been working with me on this through and through. They gave me a new computer last week, but now I'm trying to get a new phone. And I'm just, I'm flying blind. I'm feeling very naked. <laughs> I'm feeling naked. But we've seen Patty's Day theme going on oh, here. Oh, yeah, the, the green boy. Hey, go. I'm green, too. Yeah, yeah. I guess I am green. <laughs> I'd like to think that you're better prepared and cooler, calm, collected. And the last thing you said to me a minute before we get in the studio is, don't sit there, it's wet. That's <laughs> yes, not a good thing. Oh, yeah. It's not It's not a good thing. Uh, listen, we know our hockey. We don't have I, our I'm damp over here, together. too. I overfilled my water bottle. <laughs> I'm dying for All a right. coffee. I'm low energy. It's dark at 3 p.m. <laughs> oh, my God. So lost. Talk to a shrink. Are, are you happy with your uh, selection of the jerseys? Because that was like a 30-second... At yeah. the buzzer decision to go yeah. with the L.A. Kings. Yeah, they play a big game tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. I love that jersey. It's a classic Kings jersey on the Coward back. Coward move, though. You're going to do Senator's jersey yeah. and yeah. failed. Not yeah. on the least hour, uh, I guess. Whose shirt is it? Jason. It's Jason Allison. Yes. Yeah. Now, classic. Jason was Kuznetsov in a shootout before Kuznetsov was Kuznetsov in a shootout. Did Jason mean to be Kuznetsov? <laughs> <laughs> or was he just a little slower getting there? <laughs> yeah, I think that was full speed for Jason some, Allison back then. Some say Jason Allison is still skating towards the net this day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Battle of Ontario gets underway tonight. Senators coming in. Take on the Leafs. Is this thing completely back to where we think that they can really entertain us in that province kind of way you know what's entertaining and surprising is i would say that this is the rare time the sends come in as the team in disarray you know they're the sam mckee of hockey teams like <laughs> they're they're truly in flux though like okay why where is this coming from losing they're they're four and six they're not two and eight like the edmonton oilers where is all of a sudden the shine off the Ottawa Senators. I think past performances probably in the month of November and them looking eerily similar to they have yeah. in years past at this time no, of year. I it's only the it. cluster. It's that they got off to a three and one start and everyone, you know, was believing in them. And also, yeah, they're four and six, but that's a lot of losses in a row here. You know, you had the fans booing, you had the captain calling out the fans, they're chanting to fire the coach. Someone's reporting that Patrick Waugh's eating a croissant in the, oh, some, you know, somewhere in Ottawa, in Canada. Yeah, like, you know, there's drama around the Sens right now. Meanwhile, the Leafs, medium drama. Okay, in about uh, 
25 minutes, we're going to welcome in Brent Wallace. He also is uh, a co-host with our good friend Jason York. Uh, He works with Bobby Ryan as well. Coming in Hot Descends podcast. And we'll get his thoughts on why everybody's just seems to be jumping off a bandwagon right now in Ottawa. Mm. Yeah, and it's not even like jumping off so much as they want a different leader driving the bandwagon. Well, they already they they got their wish. They got rid of Pierre Dorian, and now they yeah. they've set their their claws on DJ Smith. Yeah, they want blood. They're not happy. I think they were promised this new beginning with Andlauer mentally, whether they were v- verbally promised it or not. And so that's part of the frustration here is fresh start. Here we go, and it hasn't been a fresh start. Okay, and uh, just a note in our second hour, the national hour of Real Kipper and Bourne, we're going to welcome in PJ Stock for the first time. Ooh, yeah. Love PJ. Love PJ. When we can find PJ, we love PJ. Yeah, he's tough to get. So it's a great show. We're we're glad everybody's around, and wherever you are getting uh, our show, uh, just remember, give us a rating and review if you can on any of the downloads uh, you can find. So... All right, well, let's start on the Leafs and the mindset and whether or not the the comeback against Tampa could be seen as a turning point to their season. Kind of mirrors last year, slow start, and then they went on this torrid run in November. Mm -hmm. You getting that vibe? You know, what you need to go on any kind of torrid run is some things to crystallize, like your goaltending. And Joseph Wall pretty clearly seems to be in the driver's seat in terms of who's going to be the, the goaltender. You know, that top line is that Bertuzzi spot. Well, Matthew Nye's played pretty darn good, so you know what the top line is about. You feel like you had a third line find itself. So for the Leafs, I think the start of a run involves finding yourself, and it feels like they did a little bit last game. Part of that third line uh, includes Max Domi. Let's go uh, to our first Kippers Clipper on Max and the Battle of Ontario. Uh, yeah, I remember the playoff series for sure. Uh, it was always fun to watch. Um, I think uh, I've said it a million times, but I was never really one to really watch the games back then. It's more of a mini-stick player, so I don't really remember much about the games. remember Alfredson with his long hair, uh, Danny Healy, obviously. There's a lot of good, talented players over in Ottawa, so always uh, always fun to watch. Um, I forget what game it was. I want to say it was Game 7. You guys probably can know more than me about this one, but Joe Neuendijk had that big game. Um, was that Game 7? Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. I remember that one pretty, uh, pretty vividly. So, um, yeah, great memories of watching these two teams go back. Uh, way back when and uh, head to head it was, it was a lot of fun so excited to, to be a part of it tonight okay max stop 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 you're making me feel incredibly old right now <laughs> i i will say you feel really happy just listening to that i it's like when i really love the leafs that's like when it was like yeah life and death that those playoff series i find it really relatable as a former you know son of a former nhler to you know have people be like what was it like being around that and being like i don't i don't really know we played mini sticks a lot I, I do remember the Daniel Daniel Alfredson, uh, like, Bozo the Clown yeah, hair oh coming yeah. out of his helmet. That's the type of thing as a kid. You're like, I remember that. Like, I remember, you know, that guy had a big beard. You know, like, whatever it was <laughs> when you are little. Like, it's not like... That was peak sports hatred for me. Alfredson? Oh, my God. How do you hate Daniel Alfredson? Mostly because of, well... The how slap you, shot incident? Well... The, well, the faux slap shot the, incident? The, the, the chucking of the stick, the, the fake Matt Sunday. But this is all one broken game stick. once. And that was not... That bothered you? Oh, my God. I despise God. that, dude. Are you, you guys are asking me, as a lifelong Lee fan, why I dislike Daniel Alfredson? He was, He's like, the, num- he was the number one, like, hated guy. If, 
for every Leaf fan for 10, 15 years. <laughs> he was the number one guy. It's not like he ran anybody over or he ran, hurt he ran anybody. Like criminal yes. acts. Or he ran verbal. Darcy Tucker from behind and then went up and scored the winner. You guys, what are you guys ever watch a Leaf game in the two thousands? Are you crazy? I was All in the right, U- we oh trust you. God. I was in the U.S. They played one game a week oh in the outdoor my life. Network. God, El- Elfie we, was we trust your shallowness. In this city. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I'll look it up on my phone. Yeah, show us. <laughs> Let's see a clip. <laughs> All right, uh, Nice. There to stay. With Matthews and, and Marner here is uh, is another solid effort tonight. Going to kind of instill him. You know, the the thing that we've complained about in past years was people being thrust there immediately that maybe you wanted there in the end, Richie and Thornton, and they just couldn't handle it. Like, at least they didn't start nice in this spot. I think a lot of us, I think yourself included, thought that maybe by playoffs he could work his way there. Well, yeah, uh, new. It, in the second half, in the new yeah. year, I would have imagined to see a lot more of them there. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's really by default now because Bertuzzi didn't step up and take it. Right. And I think they think they can't put Bertuzzi in the third line, making five and a half million. You got to give him an opportunity and the chance to work through this. So they keep him on that second line. But yeah, I love Nyes in that spot. To me, that's the best fit. If he can be who... The Leafs and people like us want him to be. By the way, I wanted to get Doug McLean back on the show right after that game, <laughs> giving us a hard time about what Nat Matthew Nyes is. Then Nyes goes out there yeah. behind the back pass, scores a goal. Like, get Mac on the show. Well, we'll have him Friday. Yeah. We? We'll have plenty of chance. We need one more game out of Nyes. <laughs> you <laughs> need. Yeah. Not we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we. we. You and the Leafs yeah. and, and Nyes just to really Leave stick up. it to Mac on Friday. But uh, help. let's go to Sheldon Keefe on why Nyes uh, is working out right now with the big boys. He's a confident guy. So, you know, he's not intimidated by that. And like that also was on display when he came into the playoffs and, you know, the moment and, the, and everything associated with, you know, being a Leaf playing in the playoffs didn't seem to bother him. He's a confident guy, so I had no no issues there. Um, in terms of how it fit and why it worked, I think I mean, nice, it was the most tempo and pace that he's played with um, in terms of his hunger to get the puck back and moving his feet and getting on top of the puck and winning puck battles. Uh, that's, uh, that's the best we've seen him in that regard. So I think, um, you know, maybe just the, the responsibility of playing with those guys brought out the, mm. the best in him um, and, and not, you know, wanting to do his, his part for them. Um, and he did, he did that and then some. So it was, it was terrific to see. See, I referred to him the other day as a hunter, a true hunter. Mm-hmm. And there's Sheldon talking about the, the hunger uh, to get the puck back. Um, the one thing that, that implies it wasn't there before, it, right? Well, it's nice just to, not, not throughout the whole lineup. JB, like if you sat here and you said, you know, who are other hunters in their top 12, you got to, you got to take a pause and think about it for a second. You do. I actually, so I wrote an article in the Canucks today and was looking at like some of their stats and the thing they're best at in the NHL is forechecking, like getting forechecking chances, getting the puck back. And look at there, your guys for forechecking. It's Mikheyev and Lafferty who are here, but skaters like Hoglander and Bavillier and, you know, Di uh, Giuseppe and Joshua, big guys, like they have guys that fly in on the forecheck, right? Here, it's tougher to come up with those names. And to me, like it, when I played, that was the 
easiest thing. I knew that whatever's, if I feel like I'm struggling, the easiest thing I could always rely on is just to get a puck in deep and then go get it. Yeah. Uh, or scare people into turning it over. Glass rattler. Glass rattler. Five steps after the pass I'm is coming. moved. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm yeah. coming. I'm coming for you. And that's where I look at Tyler Bertuzzi and I say, Where is you could still do that. Yeah, he's six one two hundred, right? No yeah. reason he couldn't but he's, put a shoulder he's in He's not even putting it in places where he can remotely get it back. They're yeah. not spending he's not spending time in the offensive zone. He's 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 chasing. You step behind all the time. The nice thing, the comments from Keith were interesting because you mentioned that hunger to get it back, he had the most. That to me does imply a little bit that he hadn't yeah. seen that as much. So take that as a half criticism. It's it's nice to hear him talk about how confident he is and have a kid go up there and just immediately elevate his game to the point where he looks like he belongs as opposed to people going up there and not taking advantage of the opportunity, which we've seen a ton. Yeah. Right? Like, the opposite happening is really nice. It is. It's funny, though. When I hear a guy get called confident twice in three sentences, yeah. I immediately think, oh, they think he's arrogant. That's, like, my first <laughs> thought is, like, you know, for that to be, like, the front-line thing, yeah, well, he's super confident, so. Which is good. He's a confident guy. guy. That's yeah. a good thing to be. Second best hunter on the Leafs forwards. You Don't want me to come up to? with it? Yeah. Is it Nick Robertson? <laughs> And right after one game. <laughs> Gregor? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Gregor, good yeah. one. Yeah. To me it is, which is crazy. I think uh I I think other than finding ways to put a puck in the net, uh I notice him every game. He's skating, sure. he's hunting. Matthews and Marner turn pucks over but with their sticks. Right? Like they find ways to lift sticks, yeah. and pull the pucks away. Like yeah. they the hunt sports which, era. They're lift their stick lifting yeah. everywhere. Which towards the latter part of the season in the playoffs. It gets a little dicier there. Yeah, there's not as many not uh, as unsuspecting many. Four forwards just when, when everybody's on the body, it gets a little harder and trickier to fish for pucks. Yep. So, but Yarncroc, to me, he no, yeah, but, but he's not skates. a hunter. Not yeah. a hunter. No. The, the best like, like I've ever foot, seen like is Zach Hyman. Foot. Zach Hyman gets in, stick on puck first, body through body second. One of the best in the league. Separates people. It's unbelievable. Despite the 2-8-1 record right now in Edmonton, <laughs> yeah. Zach Hyman, one of the best yeah. in the league. He is a puck hunter for sure. All right, um, Klingberg, is he back on? Is he still off the power play? Where Where is he? I mean, I guess we'll find out tonight, but we do have a Keith clip on that, uh, on why he was taken off the top unit last game. So let's, let's go to that listen. next. Well, we just as we've gone through it, we've you know we've done that a couple of times here now, and he looks at it. I think we've we've got uh, different looks with a left hander and a right hander, and, and it's less about the individual and more about some of the different looks that come from a lefty and a righty. You know, the, based on what we want to accomplish on the power play. I mean, we we made. It, we made a change in game the other night too, and, and Klingberg was was back with that group uh, later in the game for the same reason. We just wanted to get a righty with, with uh, a different look. We were trying to trying to exploit. Um, so that's, those are more of the discussions we're having. Is what's the better fit that way? I can dig that, right? Like it's not like you're playing bad. Get off. It's that we haven't scored in a couple power plays. Why don't we run it off the other flank a bit more with a different handed guy? And when you don't like how someone's playing, you can say it's about handedness. Nice cover. Yeah. I just... Uh, I, He's better than Riley on the power play. And, that, like, he is. Theoretically, for sure. Well, he in just... practice, like, he hasn't been. No, he hasn't been scoring. 
but he just distributes it way better at the top. Yeah, like to me, I, I just get stuck it, on the block shots though. I know when they happen a lot, but like at least he does try it once in a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, at least like there's a shot coming from once, up there. There's a threat of that happening, yeah. and to me, it's I don't know. It's an unnecessary thing to just take. Just leave him there. Let him have a like run. If you're not gonna, it. if you're not gonna do that there, and like you're lefty and righty, and like you said, it's more of an excuse just to. That's our reasoning. Yeah. Just leave him. If he's not doing that, then why is he on the team? Well, that's a good point too. Like, if you're gonna make you, you he's, know, he's going to have value. He's averaging 21 minutes a game, and last time I checked, uh, they weren't on all the power play. Yeah, so 21. Well, how do you, how do you, how do you fix what's ailing him outside of the power play? He does not seem to like. You hear the quotes from him we had the other day. Seems like he's terrified of contact to me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like it just like when he's going into the corner, it just feels like he knows he's going to get blown up. He doesn't like it. That goal that the Bruins scored, or Pasternak comes down, he just kind of like doesn't go shoulder to shoulder with him. Falls down. Pasternak runs him over. Puck goes out in front of the net. He's swimming around. Like he just doesn't seem decisive at all. The problem for me is on the touches, though. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if watching Lilligren get hit like a pinata yeah. to start the season probably doesn't help him either. Well, there's a theme, though, and you mentioned this on this very show, is that if all your D are getting put through the end boards, it's on your forwards. You need someone to hold some guys up and slow them down through the neutral zone and do their jobs too. But Klingberg, the issue for me is on the touches. Every time he touches the puck, he wants to make the cooler play. Mm. Like instead of just the first one that's Simplify. there. Yeah, the first one that's there. And it's tough to sell to a guy who's trying to earn a... $64 million contract. That ship sailed, buddy. I know it has. Oh, but he seems to be trying to earn it with every play he makes. Like, can I put it through someone's tuck, like through their holder, you know, instead of just passing it tape to tape? He's always trying to do something too fancy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Can, can Sheldon get that out of his game by Christmas, the new year? Wouldn't you love did, him the way he Did Minnie not moves try it? it? Did one pass. Anaheim not try it? Did... Minnesota. But it's tough to sell when the team isn't good. You know, and like Anaheim and Minnesota, they didn't... If you can show him you're going to play a lot here, you're going to get your opportunity, you don't have to do too much. I don't know. You need a good game out of him to point to and say, do that. That's what we need. Just one of those. Speaking of the blue line, let's run a quick clip on Sheldon uh, talking about Simone Benoit. Sure. Yeah, he was he was really good. What, what, what I liked... Uh, Big guy that got in the way, close space quickly. Um, you know, he's got he's got good mobility and and can I say close close that space and then he does it physically. You know, he comes in, he finishes the play, finishes the check. Uh, you know, he had very simple um, puck movement, just got it on and off his stick, got it out of our out of our zone, moved it up. So, uh, you know, played uh, played a pretty simple game, but did it effectively. Gave us really good minutes and. You know, I ended up helping on the penalty kill, too, giving us minutes there. So, you know, for a guy that hasn't played a lot and missed a lot of camp, being a new guy here, I thought he did a really nice job, both he and Legison here now, of giving us, giving us lots. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Sheldon because the, the, the Benoit I watched in training camp, uh, ooh. No, I was I was concerned about him getting into games. Completely agree. Last night or on Monday, he's fifteen minutes, three hits, two shots, plus one. Who was the Thanks, who was the pro scout that was like try le, try le joie over Benoit first? I don't know. That was weird. That was strange, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like you know, Le Joie is a yeah, serviceable think, AHL guy and he's been around, but it's like 
maybe you should have just gone to the guy who played in the NHL for 70 games last year. I had had someone tell me that Lajoie is basically like very similar style of player, ah. which to me, Lilligren, maybe they're trying to do the plug and play thing, but mm. Lilligren was not the style you want him to be anyway. He's, no. a, he's a good player in yeah. his own right, but you would prefer if he, someone who could put someone through the glass, like I assume Benoit can. Who knows? It, it would be a great find if this guy can be serviceable and kill penalties. And I like Lagason too. Like yeah, you what, like him because he tries to crush guys. That's exactly it. And I know a ton of Leaf fans. That's a it's a popular take. They're like, oh, Lagason. And all you need to do is hit a guy two times a game, and Dumbo Leaf fans like me are like, this guy's trying out Buddy, there. Buddy, I'd still wear a Labushkin jersey if I could. <laughs> oh, he was yeah. like my favorite yeah, no, Leaf since we've been doing this show. A little physicality goes a long way with Leaf Nation, boys. Yeah. It really does. So I still love the cape. Big challenges the rest of the week. Leafs Ottawa tonight, Friday, a Calgary team that may have feel the best they have <laughs> uh, since the season started uh, with a win last night, and Vancouver Saturday. So Joseph Wall will go tonight. Yeah. Uh, right decision for you guys, oh, obviously. No, with Sammy, where trouble, he, you call JW. Where where uh, <laughs> where where Samsonov is right now. <sighs> Pick your poison, Friday or Saturday night. Got to play. Wall's not playing all three of these games. To me, you got to go with him against the better team. Wall against the better team? Yes, you have to go Friday night, Samsonov. You can't. I saw him against a good team on Monday night, and it didn't end well. And I'm sure that is still in Sheldon Keefe's head. And to me, you got to go with the, you treat him as the backup right now, and he starts, I guess, the Babs way. Was it the other way? Babs would put the starter. Babs win. Starter, no matter what, yeah. in the first half of the back-to-back, and you go to the – so maybe he does that. But I, I would be going with Wall against the Canucks. All right, let's go to Sheldon Keefe on Samsonov. And uh, I think we've asked him this probably a couple of times since the beginning of the season. But uh, what, what can he how, – how can he help Samsonov? Putting in the work. It's the only way to, you know, to, to get through it is to, is to continue to work it. You know, the, the consistency, I mean, it's, and we talked about cons- consistency in all areas of the game, but I think in the, the at the goaltending position, I don't think, you know, there's an area more technical um, that requires a precision and consistency and a plan is that. So it's just continue to work on that, on that foundation and go back to that. Yes. <laughs> if if it kind of stretches out here for another couple of weeks, could you contemplate uh, any scenario where Samsonov goes down to the Marlies for Whoa. two weeks does, and Jones comes up? Does he? Oh, so he's be conditioning. Well, you could put him down there for two weeks conditioning, and that, that's if he would Jones have that, to read clear waivers at that point. I don't think so. If you clear one, he's so. cleared. I don't know. Is that the case? No, just if it's a conditioning stint, it's probably different oh, yeah. than on emergency basis right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even know what that does for the cap. It, 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 it may not. They may not be in a position where they can do it. I believe that if he goes down on a conditioning stint, his his money stays on the cap. Okay. So I don't know if if uh, if they have room to bring up Jones, who makes I, I would imagine the Five, minimum something. I think seven fifty. Yeah. Is that it? Eight eight fifty. Yeah. But I'm not saying that is anywhere near uh Campbell's situation, but eight seven five. Eight seven five. 
I don't, I don't know if they can add that or not. Yeah, if you have to keep, but Samsonov, then yeah. But if that, if he needs said, I mean. if he needs a bit of a break, it's well, not a bad I, I idea. I think we and the Leafs and Samsonov and all that are just making too big a deal out of a bit of a rocky start for the guy. Like himself included. Uh, uh, yes, that's, it's it's yeah. more than a bit, though. It, no, it I, I have it. I have it bigger than a bit. Oh, it's been six and, games. And, and he you hasn't know what? played that much. JB, you know what? Too. It's. I, I almost agree with you, except the way I see him handling it. Right. Mm. That's the. That's but me that's is a I'm bigger concern. Is like, hey, how, it's like telling know, your you wife to relax. It doesn't yes. work. <laughs> no, you <laughs> exactly. I can confirm. Yeah, his numbers are bad, especially yeah, it's when it's followed start. up with. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, uh, no, no, right. Oh, yeah. So, like, I, you see him come off. You see the body language. Like here you are, and slamming a helmet, slamming the helmet. Even later on in the game, I think the camera panned to him a little bit, and you know he's he's not picking up the vibe that I'll get him next time. And let's you know. what a what a great comeback for you know. I'm 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 on the same train as you to this comeback, and oh. let's all feel good about it. But he he separated himself the moment he came in and slammed his helmet to the bench. He separated himself from the rest of the team. Yeah, you know I. Part of me wonders how much of this would be different if he had signed some longer term deal, like this whole bet on yourself thing. This is actually fair, a bit of a problem culturally with. Fred Van Vliet got everybody. You know, yeah. No, everyone's like, I should bet on myself. And it's like, take the millions. You God, know? Fred, it really worked for Fred. Yeah, Holy Fred in, and some people cash yeah. in. Lots of people like Klingberg don't. Yeah. And sometimes. Yeah. So for Samsonov, if he had a four-year deal, would it be this big a deal? I'm not even. Yeah, I, I don't even think it was out there. So well, I, well, I'm sure the Leafs would have given him more than one, no? Uh, I, I don't know factually. Yeah, yeah. We'll, okay. Maybe we'll ask Elliot. Maybe he would have more sure. insight on that. Yeah. I think it was always set up where the Leafs liked them enough to bring them back, but not they didn't like them enough to make the commitment. And right now, it doesn't look like a bad decision. No, and taking him to arbitration looks like a good one too, saying we're going to squeeze this guy for every nickel we can to make sure, you know, we're not paying Jack Campbell salary type of thing. So, yeah. Well, uh, you, it'll be interesting to watch. A, it would be dramatic, I think, though, for his confidence, too, to send him to the Marlies, conditioning or not. It's a big statement publicly, right, in this yeah. market to send him down. Yep. Yeah, that, that, uh, I, I don't know what that would do to him. Would it sink him deeper, right? Or, or would it be a relief for him for at least uh, a little while? You can't tell me, listen, Jack Campbell, of course, cleared waivers today. But you can't tell me there's a part of him that doesn't say... God, I just so happy to be out of that environment for five minutes so I can breathe. Do the Leafs still have that Greg Hardy on staff, the performance? You think they'd ever give us a performance coach to talk to and ask him how they manage this stuff? Not a snowball's chance <laughs> in hell. I'll, I'll just text okay. Brad and ask. Maybe Brad will let us. Yeah. Maybe, a new era. Maybe Tree will come on himself and yeah, we break it down. Got Tree. Uh, Brendan Shanahan. We haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah, all no, right. No chance well, getting him. Yeah. Send some texts. <laughs> Not me. Sammy's the Sammy. producer. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah I'll text him with my phone. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's, uh, let's go to Sheldon one more time on facing the Ottawa Senators. First of all, Ottawa 
teams always bring their best against us. So we would, regardless of what's happening with them, that's what we'd expect. But like, uh, in terms of what they've been going through and not unlike us, trying to find a win and put together a good game, their, their schedule probably couldn't have lined up any better than it has. And at practice time, they haven't played games. They're hunkered down at the hotel to avoid you guys here to stay focused and, and be ready. So we're expecting their best, no doubt. Austin Matthews, 43 points in 29 career games versus the Senators. 23 goals in 29 games. Number one. Yeah. And uh, your boy, Mitch Marner, two assists shy, becoming the seventh player in franchise history with 400 career assists at the Leafs. Yeah. It's a Come. lot of assists already. Was he 25 or yeah, it's absurd. 400 these of guys, them. if they are Leafs their entire career, will have all the records. Like, there's yes. no question. They're both going to be the all-time leading scorers. Really hot take for me. Just win a few more rounds in the playoffs. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's a fair point. If they win a championship, please, everyone's going to love please. those records. If they don't, they're going to go, what could have been? Let's, let's go to break. We got a break. <laughs> yeah, let's hit the break there, bud. <laughs> On there, bud. All right, all right. So I'll let you relish in uh, great individual performances. Is that okay? Yes. No, hey, listen, if, you, oh, yeah. if we don't care about the regular season, this boys, show is IT, really in trouble. Boys, IT just offered me a new phone. If I can get over there before five, so I might rip out. <laughs> Body, <Yeah. death. laughs> No. You're not excused. Okay. You don't have a note to leave uh, class. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Maybe we'll get you a note during the break. All right. Uh, what do we have? Brent Wallace. After the yes, break, sir. we're going to talk more on the Battle of Ontario. Stick around. The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Your daily dose of everything NFL. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Take a deeper dive into the Battle of Ontario. Let's welcome in Brent Wallace co-host alongside Jason York, who we know well here on the show, and Bobby Ryan coming in hot, the Sens podcast. Brent, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Anytime, Kipper. This is different. I'm used to interviewing you. No, not really. This will be a first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys do a terrific job out there, and uh, uh, we're glad you're aboard here. Uh, Let's just kind of reset this whole battle of Ontario. It kind of disappeared for a very long time. Uh, An Ottawa Senator team that has not made the playoffs in six years coming in tonight with uh, all this new hyped up talent. Uh, Some of them uh, amongst the best in the league. And yet Brent, I got to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm not feeling it tonight based on, I don't know, Ottawa being four and six or sitting at the bottom of the East. Like, what is going on here? Why, why is it? Uh, why, why does it feel so down right now in Ottawa? So Kipper, I'm listening to your show early on, and it looks like you you guys are trying to manufacture some kind of drama in Toronto. And for us, that's called Tuesday in Ottawa <laughs> because that's the problem. Some, there's always something going on, and it's usually off ice. And and I feel for Michael Andlauer since he's taken over because he got the team late, wasn't able to make changes in the off season. And now we're seeing just a drama after drama. Finally, they've made the decision to replace Pierre Dorian. That does have a ripple effect, as you guys know. Just I know it doesn't in, immediately impact the room, but it does have just all the outside distraction that comes with it. Shane Pinto, the suspension as well. Um, and they're just, Kipper, like, 
they're just not very good defensively. This is no secret. They've been this way since DJ Smith took over. I, I, I don't even know why we call it the Battle of Ontario anymore because it's just, it's not even, it's just two games. It's just a game between two teams. There's really no fire, it, it feels like, between these two clubs at the moment. Not when you played. So what what is the number one, uh, I guess, overhanging drama with the Senators team? Is it the coaching situation? Because, you know, we've talked about, before the show, we were like, were there rumors that Patrick Waugh was seen in Ottawa yesterday? Like, it always seems like something's happening. Is the coaching thing front and foremost today? Ottawa can't get out of its own way. It's amazing to me how much drama there is, and they didn't even do anything about it. Like, they, they nobody caused this. Just somebody made a rumor. I'm not sure yet. The Patrick Waugh was in Canada. I, okay. I'm working to to confirm this, but there's now a movement afoot to say that wasn't him. So hopefully I'll find out by the end of tonight. You know what, um, Brent, uh, just to confirm, I've talked to two or three different people. They believe that that wasn't the case either. And uh, somehow, some way, this thing grew legs. Uh, but no one has really confirmed it with me either. Like, let's just think about this for a second. The team is in massive turmoil. And you think you're going to just have Pierre, uh, Patrick Waugh come in and hang out at one of the places that most people know in Ottawa to have a lunchtime meal and then nobody's going to notice? Right. This, I mean, let's let's use our head a little <laughs> Probably bit. Probably not that one. I just, like, I know the food is good there, but Patrick Waugh is not flying in just to have Nutella pizza. <laughs> Nutella pizza? I better go Oh, there. it's so good. Yeah, no, it's anyway, sidetrack. Yes, uh, no. Okay, so then I, the, the coaching thing is is obviously one of the, the dramas here, but it doesn't seem like yeah. that would have reached the players necessarily, would it? Like, I'm trying to make sense of, like, where Ottawa's players are at. I know Brady Kachuk had made his comments about the fans booing and all that, but it does feel the Kipper's point that things are just in disarray. It just, that's basically what it is. I think it just feels almost rudderless at this point. Mm-hmm. People are just waiting for change. We knew that there was likely going to be a change at GM, although I don't think they wanted to make it this quick. So now Steve Steos is the interim GM. He's got to find a GM, but he's also battling a team that's almost out of it, and they just started November. This is a team that has the worst record in the month of November, I think, in the last four years. Uh, And they're out of it by the time November ends. And so they've got to figure out a way to get on track. On paper, like you mentioned, Kipper, this is a really good team up front forward-wise. The problem is they can't defend. Um, so back to your point, Justin, they they need to figure out a coaching decision. And I don't mean firing DJ Smith. I think right. generally DJ Smith is good at what he does. I just don't understand how this many straight years in a row you can be this bad defensively and not do something about it. As, as far as defense is concerned, ultimately the best defense is when you have the puck. And we look at this lineup and we saw Josh Josh. Norris come back, scored the two goals, and it just seemed like, wow, now it's like trading for a front-line guy for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. There's Stutzel. Uh, there's Batherson. Like, are they? do they not have the puck enough in the last two weeks to kind of curtail some of the defensive woes? No. They, because you look at Edmonton. Edmonton outshoots Vancouver, whatever it was, 17-7 or more, and they're down. It's it, it's that simple that they need to figure out a way to get out of their own end and get up the ice. Yes, they can all score, but they don't have the puck enough, and that's the problem. You've got to figure out a way to transition. You've got to figure out a way to get out of your own end. I will give them a slight excuse, and I hate using injuries, but they were down three of their top five, D, yeah. uh, and Thomas Shabbat's still out. 
Uh, Artem Zub should be back tonight to, to face the Leafs. Those are huge holes for this group. Well, yeah, and when you're trying to make strides, that's a, those are massive losses. Um, you know, what about some bright spots for this Sens team? Uh, you know, things started on such a positive note. They get off to a, was a three and one start, you know, new ownership, a lot of talent within the lineup. Is there who or what has really lived up to expectations uh, in the early going? Well, you started Brady Kachuk, regardless of whatever his point total is, what he does on the ice and how he runs this team. He's by far always been the best player and the most yeah. important piece on that team. Um, I think Jacob Chikrin has been outstanding. Ridley Gregg, who's a rookie, who's now out of the lineup for a couple of weeks at least, he was really good filling in for Josh Norris and then obviously for Shane Pinto. Uh, But Shane Pinto, or sorry, Josh Norris, since he's come back, has looked really, really good. They can't figure out what to do with Vladimir Tarasenko at the moment. He's currently, if you look at it, on a third line with Dominic Kubelik and Rourke That's not. I don't know if that sits well with a 40-goal score. But right now, Matthew Joseph has played extremely well. He's now on that second line with Batherson, or sorry, with Giroux and Stutzla tonight. Up front, they've got some really good pieces, but I, the the Vladimir Tarasenko thing didn't make sense to me when they did it, and it doesn't make sense to me now. They don't need a third-line guy who can score 40. They need someone who can defend and score 20. We're talking to Brent Wallace. We're talking Ottawa Senators. Brady Kachuk came out uh, very emotional uh, the other day, and... Uh... I don't know what the term is. I I don't want to say that he gave it to the Ottawa fans, but it was a stern message of, hey, cool your jets here and just take a deep breath. If if I can paraphrase uh, maybe a a moment out of Carey Price's career dealing with the uh, Montreal Canadian fans. Uh, Is this just the impatience of a, of a group of fans right now that have waited six long years, they get their billionaire owner and, it's like that that shines off now. Is is there entitlement going on with Ottawa fans that they just say uh, this no. is an Ottawa team destined for the playoffs this year? So they've been told for basically two years that this was going to be a playoff team, that this, this is it, guys. We've put you through health long enough. Now you're going to have a chance to compete for a playoff spot. Then for, well, two straight years, but basically four straight years, they've been out of it by November. They made a slight run last year and finished six points out of a playoff spot. But by then, you know what it's like, Nick, at the end of the year when the points don't really matter to teams who are out of it, they start to play easier and they played a little bit better. This team and these fans, so the fans have been through enough and they they just want a competitive team. They keep being told they're competitive and they're saying they've taken enough of the, you're not showing up at games, you're not doing this, you're not doing it. Well, you know what? They've done so much and sat through so much nonsense that they deserve a break. And right now they're like, we don't want to go through this again. We don't want to see this team out of it by November Mm -hmm. and being four and six and last in the East is not acceptable for this group. Now, I don't think they're booing the players off the ice. This whole thing is a little bit skewed. I, I, I just think they're trying to say, listen, we've seen enough. We want some kind of change. Just let us see something that we can hold on to here. And one I of those, think they're just so, trying to voice their displeasure about DJ Smith, to be honest, or the coaching yeah. staff, I should say. Yeah, and I get the idea of just like when it's not coming for you and you've been promised that it is, being frustrated and just wanting something to change, how much of this looks better, including DJ Smith and, and the performance there, if Corpusalo is a 9.15 save percentage instead of a 9.02? And, and it's funny you say that because there are times he looks brilliant yeah. and he's kept the team in it. And then there's other times you're like, Oh, I think you should have probably had that one. So 
I agree with you. Any you look, you show me a really good team, and I'm sure there's a really good goaltender, right? And so look at Edmonton. We don't have to look very far to see how things can go sideways without goaltending. If Ottawa had outstanding goaltending, then some of this might be covered up. But right now, they just don't have enough of that. So they're they're thin on the blue line. They're thin down the middle of the ice without Shane Pinto, and for a while it was Josh Norris. They need some kind of spark. Like I I know Brady's just trying to say, listen, we're all in this together. The words may not have been perfect, and I, I think we've probably blown them out of proportion a bit, but he just wants everybody to listen. We'll work our ass off. We just want you to help us be supported at the same time, and we'll get through this. I don't know what they do. That's the problem. Brent, uh, as far as Jake Sanderson is concerned, we there's no nobody on this planet that thinks he's not destined to have a, a great career here, but uh, what are we seeing out of him now that uh, – uh, we didn't necessarily see to start the season uh, out of the gate. Well, interesting because he's played so well either with Jacob Chikorin or Artem Zub, mostly with Zub, and then Zub goes down. Zub goes down, by the way, and the Ottawa Senators are one and five. I'm not saying he's a team MVP, but he should probably be – someone should buy him a dinner because apparently he's that good right now for this club. And so we'll see tonight if they get back together, which they should be, how well Jake Sanderson plays. But I think – the patience and the game that Artem Zub plays allows Jake Sanderson to be more upfront, more up the ice, and be able to take a, a gamble or a risk here and there. Uh, Sanderson's been very, very good, but let guys, he's only played a year. Like I think he's played maybe mm-hmm. I think it's less than ninety games career wise. And he's got to settle in. And they always say D takes a long time to to find your way. As, as many not perfect. as one hundred eighty, two hundred games. Yeah, uh, to like, to really understand the position yeah. at the NHL level, I did. So, I, no, go ahead, Brent. Go. I just wanted like just Jake Sanderson just needs a little bit of time to breathe. He's logging a lot of minutes, obviously, because of the injury to Thomas Shabbat. But Sanderson, he will be very good. I I think he's right now overworked. The one guy I did want to ask about, uh, and just the last one for me, is on Dominic Kubalik, who, you know, obviously came over in a trade this year. And, um, you know, I haven't noticed him when I've watched Sens games. What's he done so far? I could be flipping and go, do you know his number? Because I'd be the same thing. Like, <laughs> Honest <laughs> to God, I don't. I mean, I'm looking. It's like, I guess it's 81, but I didn't know that until yeah, I look I, now. And I, that's kind of sarcastic. But, no, no you're right. The like, idea. He He hasn't done much, but I don't know what we're expecting him to do. So... Again, I think he would have been perfect if they had left him as a second-line winger for this club instead of brought in Tarasenko. And then you would have people on the bottom six who could defend, who could also score goals in a smaller manner, if you will. But at least they they need a good third-checking line. Dominic Kubelik isn't that answer with Vladimir Tarasenko and Rorke Scharche. And so until they can figure that out, I, I, I don't know what the point is or what they're expecting from Dominic Kubelik, but at $2.5 million on the third line, he just... It's just not a fit. Hey, Brent, really appreciate your time. Enjoy the game tonight and say uh, say hi to our good buddy uh, Yorkie there on your uh, your podcast, Coming In Hot. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Brent. Appreciate it. Brent Wallace out of Ottawa. So there's always two sides to every story. I liked uh, Kachuk, Brady Kachuk's kind of emotional – uh, we're sticking together here. We're not quitting on you message. And at the same time, <laughs> there's a new owner in Michael and Lauer going, 
Hey, don't mess too much with our season ticket holders here or the people that yeah. are paying our our uh our freight here because it is kind of sensitive right yeah. now. But you know what? Brady Kachuk is a little bit oh man, I can't even use the word. It's a little bit like Trump in that here's what I mean by that. Is that he, people who like him will accept whatever he is, right? You know, the, he's brash and he's confident. People are like, I like that. People who like Brady Kachuk, that's not going to make them not like Brady Kachuk. Boys, so, I leave the studio for <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes. It's an example of people who are who they are unapologetically. And I think people will see that Brady Kachuk is who Brady Kachuk is, and he doesn't. he's not careful. Okay, I don't even know what you said because I'm seeing Sammy come into the studio with a, a new cup of coffee. Did you stop and get a coffee? No, it was it, sitting outside. It's the per- <laughs> Is that the same one? Yes. It was outside the door. Coming into the meeting 15 minutes late with a Starbucks. Yeah. You don't know what I, somebody could have messed with it. Well, yeah, I mean, you if, don't take an open beer at a bar. Well, is that the phone you got? Yes. Did you get another mini phone? No, it's big. Er, I don't think it is. It's bigger. Um, yeah, no, I started to derail the conversation. I thought I'd sneak in there. No, but... it's good that you did. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I was dying on the vine. I there. would have ripped you a new one, man, if you stopped and got a coffee. No. And didn't I, get us I came, one. I came straight back, and I grabbed my coffee from outside. But judging by the state of the fridges around this place, maybe I should have been more careful. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, just to finish up our thought on the Ottawa Senators. Yes. Uh, they, they, all I can hear right now from the Ottawa fan base is tick, 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 and it's like I don't know what they're expecting in the next little while. DJ Smith is not going anywhere anytime soon. You don't think so? No. Well, then how about this? Maybe they're waiting for a GM to be hired or no, something. No, that's but, not happening buddy, either. Brent Wallace just used the word rudderless about the team. They they're looking for leadership. They're looking for something. Just look at Brady Kachuk Brady telling Kachuk, you to shut up. Uh, Claude Giroux. Uh, look at. Uh, Jacob Chikrin. Okay, those are your leaders. And that's that's really all you have here. So if you're freaking out at four and six and say they lose tonight, yeah. um, take a look at their next four or five games here. I think they've got Vancouver coming in. I think they got Calgary coming in. A lot in. of Calgary or Canadian like, content. Are they going to disappear on Michael Anlauer in the back half of the season if they think they're missing the playoffs for the seventh consecutive year? Here's what I know about this Senators team compared they, they to the Senators show, team. I don't, I, I, I don't think they'd show up. But this is a watchable team, even if they're not. Like, this is an exciting no, team. I, I, you know what? I, the sense I get is they don't care. They don't care. Uh, everyone would care, right? It's Kachuk and Norris and Batherson. Then and why Stutzler are they screaming for DJ's head right now? Because they believe they're a contender. What? And they're so far below expectations, so once, which is why teams well, manage expectations. Once they understand they're not a contender, are they going to be happy enough to say, hey, we got some really good talent. I'm going to still go spend $200 for me uh, and my kid to go watch them. Or are they going to say, you know what? I was sold a bill of goods two years ago. I'm not going. I mean, that's a great question about which one it will be. But I think it, it's a very different Senators teams, team than the ones that have been promised in the past. Whether they're going to make the playoffs this year or not, they have the promise of success ahead still, given the age of the talent on the roster. So hopefully that's enough to keep people bought in. I will stick to my preseason prediction of... Um, you had them deep. No. no? Uh, I, yeah. In the playoffs. I, I had did. them missing I said, playoffs, and that was unpopular. My prediction was that they would 
the Leafs would be the number one seed in the Atlantic Division, and the Ottawa Senators would be the eight seed, and they would play in the first round of the playoffs, reigniting the Battle Sorry. of Ontario. You think the Leafs are going to win the Atlantic? Pre- that was my preseason prediction. And you're sticking with it? No. Oh, okay. but I I would say that I said a lot of this during the the before the season that you know there's a lot of smoke blowing up this course, but for someone a team that's never made ninety points. And I would like to see them make 90 points. Those were good uh, tweets by yes. you. People, people say, no, the Sens are better than the Leafs. You're like, yeah, get 90, 90 points, points, and then we'll, then we'll chit-chat. I didn't really go down the whether they make the playoffs or not kind of scenario. Howard, you didn't? I don't think I was ever asked. <laughs> and the key is I not to you. answer, not to volunteer <laughs> if you're so not true. asked. That's right? so true. I, yes. But I tell you what I did go uh, on record with is I did not like Corpus Allo. Yeah. Either. You're all over that. Not a fan. NHL contracts, like when you want a goalie, it's scary because you can't, you're not allowed to give anyone 10 million, we're told, right? Hellebuck didn't take the big number. You yeah. can't give anyone term because you just never know. I mean, who's safe in net? Shesterkin's like the only guy you trust? Demko? Maybe Sorokin. So, I, sorry. What do they got? Uh, you know, the 11th game of the season for Ottawa. Nobody dubs anything, must win, but. I get the sense there's a really big swing here from going five and six or four and seven tomorrow oh, yeah. morning for the Ottawa Senators. What about, well, you're right. You wake up four and seven after losing in Toronto, things are different. I, I agree with that. The Leafs, it's not a small game for them either, given how dire things were getting prior to their comeback there last game. Yeah. So this was, is a big, big. It was rather bleak after the first period of Monday night. It was. Not much talk about another game at home where you're giving up like four or five goals, <laughs> you know? Double you, double you. All right, just like that. Our thanks to Brent Wallace in this hour. When we come back, we go national. And we got PJ Stock. Ooh, yeah. You don't want to miss that.